Thank you, and uh, welcome back to Race Industry Week 2023. This is our last session of the day, we're going to be talking about the topics that Mr. Gilly loves, motorcycle racing, right, Brad? Oh, you on mute, Brad. We can hear you. We Sorry about that. You, so. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, a anything on two wheels. I'm a big fan of for sure. And uh, looking forward to talking about World Supercross here in just a few minutes. Excellent. And then uh, we'll have you again for a few sessions tomorrow. And after that, you on to the NASCAR ceremonies. So again, it was a great honor to have you the last two days and a few more sessions tomorrow. And any, anything you want to share with the audience, Brad? You know, it, yeah, it's been really neat. Uh, just, uh, you know, doing everything that I do in motorsports and following things and all of that and seeing a lot of the news that's come out of Race Industry Week already, really just in a day and a half and two days, if you think about it, especially uh, what we opened up with Steve Phelps yesterday and a lot of the things that he's talking about. Uh, this has become a very big news making week as well. And it's coming right here from Race Industry Week. Yeah, I've noticed that too, Brad. I mean, articles all over the place and people are sending it. So it's uh, nice to see. And there's more. Including in NBC News, correct, Judy, if I'm yeah. right? <laughs> well, that's, that's, a, that's a big deal. And uh, thank you to your partners at uh, Racer and Speed Sport because, you know, they, they help us uh, reach, a, you know, a much bigger audience. And, uh, and so being live on speedsport.com, uh, on racer.com, on speedsport one and all those YouTube channels, you know, help us. And thank you very much. So we are going to be bringing Adam uh, Bailey uh, any times, any seconds. I know he's on. I got a signal from a producer. So as soon as Adam Adam, uh, join us on the panel and we'll leave uh, Adam in your hands, Brad. So uh, I don't know if Adam is in Australia right now, if he's in the States, but uh, thank you for him to be joining us. Awesome. Thank you, Francis. Thank you, Judy. And Adam, welcome. Uh, and, and look, I know you guys are coming off of a big weekend in Melbourne. So um, where are you now? And uh, and how was that great round? Yeah, thank you. It's great, great to be here. I'm, I'm in uh, the Gold Coast, Australia, which is where I live, just a, a couple hours flight north of Melbourne, but um, but it's great. We had a had a fantastic event on the weekend. We had um, a bit over forty thousand people there in Marvel Stadium, which is Australia's largest indoor stadium. I mean, you guys in the states have have many of those, but Australia uh, only has the one big one there down in Melbourne, and um, and it was fantastic. It's it was uh, it was our our best event yet, and definitely a big step forward for the championship. So we're really proud. Yeah, yeah, definitely very thrilling to see everything that went on. Uh, congratulations to Ken Roxon and everything else that we've seen. It's uh, It's been pretty incredible. So uh, tell us about 2023. Tell us about this year and how things have gone for World Supercross. Look, I think, you know, it's a brand new series and a brand new championship. And and the FIM World Championship rights were held by Feld Entertainment in the US for, for 20 years. And they did an amazing job with it, um, you know, to to build the sport and and, and build the brand. Um, but for us to to truly take it around the world and take it to other other countries around the world is a big challenge. That's for sure. Um, when you operate, and uh, I've promoted events in in Australia since around 2015, but um, to try and 
take something truly global adds a whole different raft of challenges and we've definitely found that and and from country to country there's um there's different ones to better no matter where it is where you're going so uh it's been a challenge definitely um but uh you know one of the things we're just wanting to do is just build kind of credibility and momentum for the series we've got some amazing riders and competitors and, and the goal really is just to showcase this sport to to new audiences around the world not to try and necessarily um, do what the, is already being done in the US, but to to take this product around the world, and and um, and we've managed to do that. Particularly going to um, to the Middle East for the first event, uh, you know, that Supercross has ever had in the Middle East in Abu Dhabi that we had at the start of the start of November was uh, was amazing to see the a whole um, diverse you know crowd there that have never seen anything like it before, motocross or Supercross racing at this kind of level, they were blown away. And that that was a really positive sign for us that there is new audiences around the world that we can convert to Supercross fans. Yeah, I think that's really neat. And I cannot imagine what the logistics are like for all of you at World Supercross Championship, uh, bringing everything that you bring. Uh, you mentioned Melbourne, uh, Abu Dhabi, the United Kingdom, and all of that. Um, that, that, that that's one heck of a, uh, a, a big show to be carrying around the world. Yeah, it sure is. And I think you kind of underestimate certain things, you know, or, or challenges that you might have in a new region like Abu Dhabi, for example. I mean, in the UK, Australia and US, you know, I think things are the business operates relatively, you know, similarly. But um, but when we sort of go there and you have expectations in terms of the earth moving equipment, you need to build a track and things that are the kind of simple things, I guess, here here in Australia um, are just not, you know, what 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 arrived from the equipment standpoint what we expected was not at all you know what had been asked for and so our guys had to be flexible and build a track with equipment that they wouldn't used to usually do it with and you know just adds adds different challenges there's language barriers you know so when in the heat of the moment of producing live television or you know the, the big screen broadcast for the live production and the show at the time you know people are, and, and maybe not necessarily able to communicate at the speed that they're used to and that it makes it a little bit clunky at times so just lessons you know you learn along about the sort of key people you need to fly around to be at these events versus who you know being able to use local suppliers and there's a whole bunch of things examples like that you know that we've that we've had to learn on the fly this year for sure yeah and look adam i know you've been at this for a long time um but you talk about starting something new right now and uh and as the ceo of the organization just some of the things that you know today that uh you know maybe you didn't realize when it comes to doing it the way you guys are doing it right now what are some of the things that you learned along the way i mean i think that that there is a there's a core group of people you know that you need to travel to these events um, that you can't just source locally, like I thought, or the need to know the sport. Like there's 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 people that you can bring in on the ground to assist with things that may never have seen Supercross, and that's okay. But then there's probably around sixty odd people that, that absolutely must go around. You know, no matter what country we go to, just because they've been been there before, they understand what needs to happen, and um and uh, you know to be able to deliver on something like this, particularly. Um, you know, Supercross happens at a very short window when you're coming to build, you know, taking over a venue, building an entire track, you know, bringing in all the production equipment, et cetera, and running the event and then getting out again within kind of, you know, 24 hours. You need people that um, that, that understand exactly what it is we're trying to do. So I think one of the, the main things is just kind of refining what that core group looks like. And, um, and in, as we go forward, we'll make sure that we, we bring those people with us. 
You know, and it's great that you say that. I, I, it doesn't matter who we talk to and who we'll talk to uh, this entire week. Everyone is always going to talk about the people and that being the biggest difference maker and in their success along the way as well. You know, we were talking with Rick Ware earlier, um, one of, uh, of course, um, the, the team owners in uh, the World Supercross Championship. But uh, 10 teams, 40 riders, um, and what you guys are taking around the world right now. Let's talk about that, the race teams and the, uh, and the athletes that you guys have put together. They're there's a lot of competition for some of the top athletes and you guys have a lot of them over in world supercross yeah for sure and um rick's done an amazing job as as um you know have all our sort of 10 teams but i think one of the one of the main you know challenges for them is to try and again get something new and uh and and um and contract riders that may already be with a different team in the us or how that kind of dynamic works we have some teams that that race in the US as well as coming to uh, World Supercross, which works well, like the PMG Suzuki team that Ken Roxon rides for, for example, they they're able to kind of you know add Ken on to um to to our championship as well. So it's a it's a challenge for them as well as for us in the infancy of this championship when you're trying to create something that's that's global for the first time versus operating purely in um you know in a in country regions where which is normally how it's running supercross you know with us clearly being the biggest so got some amazing talent you know ken ken is um a fantastic showman and and uh one of the most popular riders in the world that's for sure um but also uh you know colt nichols uh joey savachi um shane mcelrath you know max anstey so really dean wilson justin brayton really popular um diverse um group of riders you know that are, that are commonly known in the us but there's also a bunch of riders that that you know from australia and in venezuela and we've had brazilians and um many french riders and um we're trying to welcome we want it to be truly global so um it's it's also brought some new talent to the surface that we that might not have been been known otherwise yeah, for sure. Uh, by the way, I do want to remind anyone viewing right now live, if you do want to ask a question in the chat, you're more than welcome to. And uh, Adam, we just had one come through. As someone who works in U.S. Supercross, I love what you're doing overseas. Is there any chance for another Middle East race next year? What can you tell us about 2024? Uh, that's definitely it's definitely on the cards. We've been talking to a couple of different uh, Middle Eastern regions, uh, you know, since we started the project. So I think you know, as a as a motorsport championship, you can't ignore that region. I think you know. I think we all here know that the Middle East kind of underpins you know Formula One and and MotoGP and, and international you know motorsport championships. So we definitely will look into that. We've had uh, quite a few discussions, and that the success of that event in Abu Dhabi definitely helped. You know, seeing again, uh, you know, it was seven thousand fans in in uh, the Etihad Arena, which you know, in the US or Australia would be very small, but in the Middle East and and a, and a completely new region like that is actually is actually um, quite a lot. So uh, that's been really helpful to grow in that region. But, um, you know, we we aim to have at least one, maybe two events in Europe where South America is hugely important to us because, um, the, because there's so many motorcycle sales there and it's underserved when it comes to Supercross. Brazil, Brazil in our research has the largest amount of Supercross fans in the world, but there's no you know, international supercross standard um, events. So there's a couple of markets like that that we'll, we'll definitely be focusing on to try and get it to around, you know, six events, five to six events next year is, is the goal. And we hope to have that sort of locked down in the next 30 days. Wow, that would be great. And when you're looking at events, um, how much of this is is looking at at regions? How much of it's looking at venues? How much of it is maybe driven 
by sponsorship. And and you talk about a lot of motorcycle riders down in Brazil. Um, you know, you've got some great uh, factory teams that are out there running in the World Supercross Championship. Uh, you know, are they knocking on your door saying, hey, we sell a lot of motorcycles down here. What can you do uh, maybe moving some events? Yeah, it's, it's a combination of all those things, to be honest. And it kind of depends on... I guess we're looking at strategically what's the best for the series and the sport, you know, to to move to, you know, to, to help grow the championship and what would be strategically great moves versus also what's commercially viable and successful also, which which is important for the business, obviously, as well. So I think, you know, on one end of this that spectrum, you have, say, Japan, for example, you know, with the manufacturers, you know, being being based from there or so many of them. And then the other end of that spectrum, you have the Middle East and places that commercially, you know, make a lot of sense for the business. So and then there's a whole bunch in the middle where you've got kind of potential for government funding, you know, and host city funding, which is very important for an international championship like this. Um, and, and then others where sponsorship may be stronger, like you said, like Brazil, you know, um, due to the fact that there are so many um, sales there and strong brands that operate in that region. Uh, Australia is like that too. You know, there's very strong brands here and that uh, that like to market and be involved in Supergross. So, yeah, the, the answer is that it's not a simple one. It's probably the most complex thing of what we do is trying to figure out how to you know, pull a series together on the basis of a combination of, you know, commercial viability, but also strategic importance, I guess. So that's the the tightrope we're kind of walking on a daily basis, I guess. Wow, that that's a lot going on right now. Adam, uh, you know, a, a lot of great people in sports will say that you make your season in the off season. And I know you're just coming down off of a big race weekend. And, uh, and sometimes it would be nice to say, I just need a couple of days to exhale. But typically, as soon as you wake up the next day, all of a sudden, the wheels start turning for what's coming up next. And, and it could be anything from, uh, you know, event ideas to sponsorship. Uh, what are some of the things that you're working on? What are some of the immediate things for the World Supercross Championship that is more of a now thing as opposed to maybe i can look at that a month from now thing oh well i guess for us immediately is reporting on on what's just happened pulling data together um providing that to our to our government partners particularly in visit victoria and australia to try and to to report back on the results of what's just happened producing a bunch of content and highlights and you know, sponsor deliverables and things like that to, 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 that, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we maximize all of the amazing content that was captured over the weekend. Um, but then, as you said at the start, really working on next year, I mean, we had a an hour and a half long board call last night, you know, really fleshing out what's next, what do we need to do, what resources do we need and where, where around the world do they need to be based because um, that's the other thing, you know, there's a there's being being international, being in Australia for all parts of the business don't it doesn't make a lot of logistical sense. So, you know, where do we need to base people to to be able to be as efficient as possible to to build the series quickly for next year? And it's all about trying to get that calendar um, locked and and announced as soon as possible. That's our number one focus for next year. Yeah, I have to compliment you guys on the multimedia content that you've already pushed out there, whether it's directly on the website, on YouTube, uh, and the fact that it doesn't matter really where you are, uh, you've got a great subscription service to be able to watch these events live in different tiers of the subscription service as well. Um, how can you tell us about how that's gone for you guys, and is that a model that's really working in the way it's set right now? Yeah, I think it's our our um, strategy is kind of very similar to Formula E in the sense that we just wanted to 
get eyeballs on the on the series, which means that rather than sort of chasing revenue at this early stage, we want to make sure that we can be broadcast on as many linear channels as we can around the world to to maximize the reach and the eyeballs. And um, we have FS1 in the US, which is which is amazing for us. You know, this it's such a, a well known and prestigious network. So, um, but then we also have and and we have um, seven in Australia, which is which is great. Um, and uh, Design, which is a well known sort of paid subscription platform and uh Eurosport in, in Europe as well. So the, there's many networks that are we're sort of broadcasting us, but we also wanted to create our own platform um just to make sure that for anyone else that slips between the cracks that we can always they can always watch WSX live. Um and so WSX.tv we, we created just as that streaming platform. Um and and it you know I think it's it's gone very well but um but with, as with anything it can be much better you know there's a lot of refining to do you know we're we're proud of our broadcast but I uh, I wouldn't say that we're we've um you know hit the peak we definitely want to continue to improve and make sure that next year it's even more seamless and 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 even more eyeballs so you know part of that is just getting that schedule locked down and announced nice and early so that people know you know when to tune in and um and that's that's really important next year's season will be a lot more condensed around the kind of october to november we want to put all kind of six events within that two month kind of period uh, or two to three month period um and that'll help us get the visibility because it's off season for any racing in the us so no clashes with anything that's happening there and at a time of year that we feel like people are, are hungry to hungry for racing so um, we'll try and serve them during that window and and do, do the best job possible Oh, that'll be fantastic. And, and we definitely look forward to hearing about that. Um, sponsorship. What What's it like, uh, number one, selling sponsorship for an international sport that's racing on several countries and continents? And uh, and what's the market like out there for WSX? I think uh, I think you hit on the most difficult part is being international because uh, most brands you know, operate, you know, on a regional basis and you have, you know, I mean, obviously we have fantastic support here in Australia just because we've, we've had events here um, for, and a lot of relationships here, but, you know, the manufacturers being Honda, Yamaha, particularly are hugely supportive in Australia, for example, but to have that support in the UK is a completely different subsidiary, completely different relationships. And, you know, you kind of have to start from scratch. Um, so I think there are some brands that, that extend, you know, globally that have been, that have been great for us. I mean, go, GoPro, for example, is one that's a you know a truly global brand and um, and seems to operate on a on a global level. Um, but uh, but I think you know how we how we do well out of sponsorship next year will depend really on what regions we we lock down and then um, trying to you know attack that on a region by region basis at this stage. You know I think like I said that most most of the brands operate regionally, so for us we have to build new relationships and new regions and and somehow tie them all together which is which is one of the biggest challenges like I said at the start commercially to make this work you know it's quite fragmented so you're trying to pull something together and give it a you know um a global umbrella which has wasn't there before for this particular sport so um it's a challenge but but we're definitely definitely up for it yeah, for sure. You know, as we look ahead, uh, you've already talked about expanding the schedule. You want six events next year. What are some of the other gro uh, growth opportunities for WSX? I think I think across all across all pillars, there's there's opportunity. I mean, being being global means that um, we can introduce new new fans and new eyeballs, and with that, um, you know global merchandise sales and obviously the sponsorship and new brands. I think I genuinely believe we'll be able to attract new brands into, 
into the sport um over time whereas you know it's a it's a an american sport and supercross has has had so much success there that um you know but that doesn't mean that there aren't other countries that are going to love it and and um i think the 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 event in Abu Dhabi really proved that so um you know I, i think there's no there's no simple answer we're just going to continue to uh continue to push and learn and do everything humanly possible to 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 make this what we believe it can be which is you know kind of like a, a moto gp for, for dirt bikes in the stadium i guess that's that's the plan yeah you know one great thing about supercross and uh you know just the sport in general but also how you guys are doing it with wsx from an event perspective whether it be starting out the day with the pit party to practice and uh, nice elaborate opening ceremonies, live entertainment and all of that. How does that translate around the world? You know, the, the fan in the UK, the fan in Abu Dhabi, the fans in Australia, you know, does the same event structure work everywhere? Or do you look at things and say, hey, maybe this is going to work in Abu Dhabi, but it might not work in Australia and that might not work in the UK. How does that work for you? That's a fantastic question. Um, and I think the answer is some things, but not all, and that's part of the learning process. I mean, in Abu Dhabi, for example, we 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 completely changed the event structure so that the um, the night program or the actual main part of the show was was only two hours rather than three, just because the local promoter partner there, Athara, which is the same promoter of the Formula One event, they they felt that um, you know maybe the local fans at a three hour event would be too long. Um, so we therefore changed the qualifying procedure, um, put the heat races earlier in the day. So there was actually no crowd during the heat races or, or the super pole qualifying and the, the things that we would normally do as part of the main event, we changed to, to, to keep it really short just for families and, and things so they could, and, and we made it earlier in the day because they felt that, you know, for families and kids, if it went into kind of 9.30 PM, which is our normal finish time would be, would be too late for them. So, you know, um, I would say. I would say we made those changes, but we did, probably didn't need to. You know, in at at the time they were actually captivated, and and um, I think um, you know we we're probably wrong. Well, Thara probably made the mistake to think that they would be bored after two hours because they certainly weren't. So I think you know, but but we are going to have to adapt like that in new regions and be and be ready to try new things. And um, UK is very much the same as Australia. They they seem to be really loud and into it in the, the whole pit party experience. They get there early, although they 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 kind of probably head to the bar first and then and then show up whereas in Australia they probably go to the bar after the event you know I think I think the Brits are kind of used to you know that's their their culture is they'll go have a a couple of beers before before the event and and then uh you know they make a a whole night of it which is which is cool so I think it it will change from country to country and we're going to have to be ready to adapt and and bring in sort of local cultures and into the show and 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 make sure that that's uh, respected as well. You know, like I said, it's not it's not going to be just an American championship delivered in the Middle East or an Australian championship delivered in the Middle East. We have to bring in some of those local cultures and and things that entertain the local crowds as well. Yeah, that's what amazes me. What I love about what you guys are doing, um, you know, just because it is so international, and uh, you know, no matter where you're watching it, to be able to also get that international feel. It's not just watching a bunch of you know wonderful Supercross riders running around a course. You know, you sort of get the sense of where you are and where you're doing things. Uh, a question from the chat: What are elements of Supercross that make it so engaging for the younger demographic? And uh, you know, we 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 want to keep bringing all the little ones in and 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 make lifetime fans out of them yeah I, I think i think supercross lends itself perfectly to bringing in families and kids and younger audiences um it, it is a 
you know, I think it's a fantastic combination of uh, motorsport, which, you know, um, which has its fan following, but also show and entertainment, family entertainment. So, you know, if I was to try and explain it to a newcomer, it would be like, uh, you know, a motorsport event combined with a Monster Jam, for example, which which kind of means that like a, you know, a Nitro Circus show, which means that, the you know, the, the kids can be engaged again, if, regardless if they know who the racers are. So, um, you know, I think that's that's a huge opportunity. And being in a stadium means that you can you can wrap all other kind of entertainment um, aspects around it, being live music or the pyrotechnics and lighting and all the things that give it a kind of concert feel um, with a mo- with an amazing motorsport property that you can see the entire race from the, from your seats. You know, I think that the challenge, obviously, that circuit racing has. You know, and I've been to many Formula One and MotoGP events. Is that you can only see the short section of track, and you you end up watching a lot of it on the screen. You know, um, whereas in this you can see the entire track and the entire race from your seat, which I think is good. So, I think why it's attractive to young people is is the, all those elements. It's a bit of a sensory overload, but then also it's very short and sharp. You know, the races are kind of six minutes six minutes to seven minutes each you know so it's very quick it's you don't have time to get bored or confused with what's happening and i think that's an important way to keep the the young people engaged at this stage we don't want we don't want them sitting on their ipads when they could be there watching live supercross in front of us and i think i think we do a good job of that oh my gosh and you're right about that and 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 just the way the formats work the way the races work and i agree with you the stadium environment is just phenomenal uh getting back to the team structure adam um 10 teams uh, the 40 riders is that is that what works with world supercross is there room for expansion where do you guys settle with that that's a great question again i think at this we're we're, we're reviewing that as as we speak i think what we really want to do though is build value in those teams so that you know, if we have, you know, 10 teams, it really is designed to be like a Formula One type model, which is then we want to help build the value of those teams. So um, by by doing that, you know, um, scarcity is the number one way to do that. And we want to make sure that so we're not going to just continue to introduce new new teams. Instead, we want to figure out how we service the ones that are there and um, and perhaps introduce new partners to join with them and support them. You know, if manufacturers, you know, want to continue to get involved, then you know, how do we connect them with those those existing team owners and, and those 10 licenses? So the plan is really just to grow with that 10 and or introduce new ones if any of if if any want to sell, then there's the opportunity for that to happen too and and trade in and out of those licenses. But ultimately the whole plan is to lift the value of those 10 licenses so that um we have 10, you know, really quality um global teams competing in the championship. And look, I think it's a great structure for everything that you just mentioned. I also look at it and think from an event management perspective as well, such a known, you know, saying this is what we're going to have and this is what we're going to be bringing to uh, every country, every continent and and the way that you can manage the show. Because ultimately, like you said, if you needed to shorten a show for this region or if you wanted to do this or whatever, all of that becomes manageable. To me, it seems like you're able to put on a much better event with that as well. Yeah, totally. It, it is. And it's actually really, it's created a, creating a really cool community around what we're doing. Like, I, I think that, and whilst, you know, it's a fine line because you don't want everyone being all buddy, buddy that competes against each other, right? Like you want them to, you want there to be some fierce rivalries and battles and controversy and, you know, and there's plenty of that. Um, but uh, but it is creating a cool sort of community around these, these uh, men and women that are traveling around the world you know, to race in the series. And, uh, and it's unique because you're bringing all these different cultures and countries, you know, together traveling around. Um, and, uh, and it's quite a, 
uh, quite a close community of people that are all obviously love love the sport and have a lot in common. So it's creating this cool little community and vibe around it. But um, but uh, ultimately, I think that you know we need them to be passionate and enjoy what they're doing as well. Um, and and uh, I think this kind of small group definitely helps that helps uh, helps create that community, which I think is really important for for us all to move forward together. Yeah, I agree. And the competitiveness as well. Um, you know, and, and if you question that, just go back and look at some of the highlights from your events from just this past season. And it's really incredible. Adam, um, congratulations on a successful year. And more than anything, I actually look forward to a year from now, um, you know, looking back at this conversation and seeing just how far you come with the World Supercross Championship. It sounds like there's a lot of great things ahead. Yeah, thank you. No, I really appreciate it. There's a lot of great things ahead, but a lot of work to do. So there's definitely, uh, definitely no rest for the wicked, as they say. We'll be, we'll be uh, working hard between now and now and next year. I should have a, a few more gray hairs by then. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, and yeah. great job. You know, this is a brand new series. You build it from scratch, and it's just it's amazing what you have done. So thank you very much for being with us. And thank you to all of you watching us uh, on Zoom, but also on racer.com, on speedsport.com, on speedsport1, speedsport1 TV, as well as on our different YouTube channel and social media channels. Uh, this is the last session of the day. We Registering on ePartrade is easy. To start, click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact. Or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a New Company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose register a new company, you'll need to choose your business type. Select supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then, enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one, and choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Finally, click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePartrade.